So welcome to the Gamer's Grotto, brought to you by Doctors of Gaming, video game review and blog site, along with a very active Discord channel. So feel free to tune in there while we're recording or afterwards to give us uh, compliments or uh, criticisms. And so here, if you're just tuning in, we are here to scratch your itch for gaming, ranging from current day consoles and games of the past. Here to keep you company this evening or during the day if you're listening to this is Steve. Hello. Paul. How's it going, guys? And myself, Justin, here. We are all certified gaming experts and borderline gaming hoarders. So today, our topic for discussion, when we get to it, will be around the Wii U and uh, 3DS eShops being pulled and a little discussion around digital rights and everyone's feelings around that topic. But before we get in, there's been some big releases, I'd say the last few weeks. So there are some new games I know we've been playing. I was going to uh, check in from last week. Uh, Lost Ark was consuming Steve's life uh, one hour at a time. So I wanted to check in and see, Steve, are you still playing Lost Ark? If you're not, what else are you playing? And do you still have the same position on Lost Ark? Are you enjoying it as much as you did when you started? <laughs> yeah, I, I need you guys to send help. Call 911 because I am in knee-deep in this game. Um, I'm full-blown in it. Uh, I, for those of you that don't know, I've been on vacation for a couple of weeks. I took some time off in between my residency and my first job as an attending, which starts in a couple of weeks now. So I've had the time to do this, and um, and yes, I'm still playing it, still loving it, very much addicted, definitely going to have to scale back here very soon, but can't recommend it enough. Has my perspective changed from a fun perspective? No. I, yeah. I think it's a great game. I think anyone that's into MMOs or action RPGs is going to like this game. So if you like Diablo, if you like Path of Exile, you'll probably like this game. But even more so if you like World of Warcraft or MMOs in general, you're going to love this game. I definitely highly recommend it. I will take a step back from our last discussion on this. We talked about whether it was pay to win, and I said it was likely mm -hmm. pay to win. Mm -hmm. I discovered more things about the game that I think it's, it's a little more than light. I think that you can probably gain some pretty pretty decent advantage just with your wallet which is disappointing mm. i don't love that part but at the end of the day all games whether it's sanctioned inside the game or it's a black market outside the game this exists so i i'm not letting it you know totally ruin my fun i'm i'm still all aboard on the lost dark thing but if i were to talk about any perspective that has changed since the last time we talked about this game that that would be it there are you can buy basically they're timed you can only buy them every so often but materials to upgrade your gear and that's that's essentially pay to win so uh yeah shoot yeah so shoot so you know that it's not perfect but um that's really the only gripe i have about the game is the pay to win aspect that's a deal breaker for some, and I totally get it. I definitely get it. But, but uh, I, it's, I was going to say, I enjoyed the combat a lot, and I know I'm still early in. I still, you know, I'm not quite as far as long, far along as you were, but, like, I still enjoyed, uh, like, the combat and exploration I thought was really a lot of fun. So um, I was going to say, I think I, I would say 
I haven't gotten to a point where it's ruined it for me with the pay to win, but uh, the game itself is fun to play so far for me. I mean, it, it, is it still true post game? Like, is it still enjoyable to rip through those hordes of enemies or not so much? Oh, very much so. And if you like a challenge even more so, uh, you'll be liking this game the deeper it gets in, the deeper you get into it. Uh, the end game bosses, abyssal dungeons, even the uh, Guardian raids, they're pretty difficult. Require a lot of coordination between team members. Um, but if you don't like difficult stuff, there's also, yeah, the just hordes of enemies to mindlessly mine through and go after that loot. So, uh, no, I, I, my perspective on how fun the game is hasn't really changed. There have been some people recently I've seen talking about how the daily grind is a little bit a little bit mundane i haven't gotten that sense yet i i still really enjoy you know checking off things i would like to do for the day in the game you know you may hear it differently from some other people but it does seem though that the general consensus still amongst you know the mmo community is that this is a fun game and that a lot of people are really enjoying it and i don't think the pay to win aspect should really ruin it for most people it's if you're a competitive player yes that's annoying but again i i just like to point out that all games like this have a pay to win area somewhere it may not be in the game True. but it exists somewhere so you did bring that i was going to say you did bring that up when um or at least someone else did where they were saying well even you know even your diablo 2 og to some extent was pay to win cuz people were still paying on black markets for gear and and yeah um yeah d2jsp right were they yeah. doing gold yeah uh yeah. d2jsp is a long-running forum that blizzard never really cared to do anything about it they made maybe you, you well they tried i was gonna say i felt like blizzard tried to tap into it with the auction houses of oh. diablo 3 <laughs> but that did not end well no that didn't uh, end as well. we know but d2jsp throughout all that time has survived um i don't know many many years wow. Basically, yes, you buy forum gold with real money, and the forum gold can be used for trades. Now, you can trade items for forum gold and still be a completely, you know, um, not pay-to-win player. But, you know, the option's wow. there to put real-life money into the game. So, yeah, I, I think pay-to-win exists in various flavors and uh, manifestations in different games, so... I don't think it ruins the experience for for Lost Ark with it being pretty much embedded in the game, but um, for, I know that'll turn some people off. Ah, well, well that's good. Um, the uh, so that's the only game you've been playing. Nothing else. No retro things. Yeah, and, and thanks for the follow there, Maverick. I, <laughs> I get a little Metallica notification every time I. To follow, All right. so nice. I, was, I was enjoying the tunes there for a second. Um, no, I, I haven't played anything else, I'm ashamed to say it. I, I really want to, I really want to try this New Horizon game that I know you're going to tell us about. Um, and I do need to get back on the, the retro grind. I, I really want to put Battletoads behind me at some point and just say I've beaten it and move on to the next thing. I, I think it's coming soon. I've just been pretty knee-deep into Lost Ark since it came out 
what, like a week or two ago? Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think well, it was been... officially last week. I think, and then early access was like starting on before. Friday or something. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so it's not even been two weeks. So yeah, that's understandable, I suppose. So that's all I got for you guys in terms of my recent gaming. What about you, Paul? What have you been up to? Well, I've uh, not got as much gaming in. I mean, I've had the uh, nice, slow, arduous process of installing everything on my new PC. You, you know how we all love having to redo all that. Oh, yeah. So, um, but when I have been playing, I've been playing some uh, Lost Ark. I got uh, playing back into uh, Back for Blood with some friends. And good choice. Along with uh, my little guilty pleasure of like phasmophobia slash forewarned those types of games with friends and then i did start diving back into escape from tarkov uh, oh that's right you did text me that so yes. i i think it's been two years since i played it i think it's gotta be because it's been out for a while right it's still in the beta phase it's not officially out oh, really? it's still oh. you're paying for the beta yeah it's it's been in beta for what five plus years or something I knew the game has been around for a few years. I didn't realize. Yeah, it's still... not like officially like version 1.0 out. As far as I know, I still I is still it think ever it's going to be. Still... Is it one of those games that's just in beta for until the end of? Time? I have no idea. Just because of all the complexity and stuff, that I have no idea. I mean, there's another game it's that's so like complex. That, that, like space travel game. I forget the name of it. Oh, uh, Star Citizen. That's it. Yep. Right? Yep. Is that it? Yeah, it's yeah. been in alpha or something for I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no. Let's make the joke. Since the the most recent wipe that happened around the end of the year, uh, my friends have been bugging me to get back into it, and the changes that they've made it makes it a lot more fun than go and die and get frustrated and everything. So it's not as bad yeah. if you lose everything now because they added voice chat in and everything, so you can. Mess around with people, that sort of thing. So what is what is the the idea behind Escape from Tarkov? I know it's a first-person shooter, right? And... Yeah, I mean, right now it's just completing tasks and everything. And um, I know that they're talking about uh, making it where you've got to run through different zones to get to different places at some point. But I'm I haven't really followed the the roadmap of what their plans are with it. But yeah, it's a first-person shooter. You go in, you have to extract um or else you lose your stuff so, so. Is, is it a looter shooter like like destiny uh sort of but i mean it's the, not the persistent that, though right Paul? yeah the thing no, that so. really gets me is the the vast complexity of like the customization of all the weapons and everything i mean you can have a weapon and have 30 40 plus different options of attachments that you can put on. So, and it's the realisticness of it. That's what really draws me in is the realistic where you're running, depending on what type of ammo you've got, you can get shot once and you're done. Yeah. It's like the ultra realistic survival shooter. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Cause there's still AI bad guys, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I yeah it was in, it was introduced to me by a friend a couple of years ago and I remember I gave it a go for a couple of weeks I jumped in and out with him and uh, the level of commitment he had was far greater than mine um, and yeah it was it was 
quickly frustrating, but it was fun, and I get the appeal of it for sure. I'm happy to hear it's still around and it's still in beta, apparently. So yeah. So no, no retro games on your list, Paul. It's with no. me being tied up with my leg. It's I'm limited with movement and everything, so I haven't sure. been able to set up anything, any of my Fair. my old retro stuff. So. Fair. Well, um, I uh, so I got two two titles I wanted to talk about uh, briefly, Jesus. and. So I got one, and uh, it was a, a friend of mine texted me as kind of a, a joke of this cheap Switch game he picked up on eBay for like eight bucks, and it's called Sushi Striker. And the cover art is just somebody with a bunch of sushi behind him. And I was like, well, what kind of game is it? And he said it was a puzzle game. And I was like, all right, well, is it halfway decent? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, it's well worth eight bucks. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll scoop it up. The game, it's essentially you have plates of sushi in front of you, and you have to match the colors like you would in most puzzle games. But with that, you're fighting someone else on the other side of the table. So there's this whole elaborate storyline of how sushi has been outlawed and you're fighting to bring it back. And that whole part's very interesting. And there's this whole little like anime portion of it that's enjoyable. But the game itself is kind of frantic. It uses touch controls if you want it for drawing the colors together, which is a lot of fun. Very addictive. There's a whole bunch of like power-ups and you know variations of how you're playing. I haven't quite figured out if it's truly just like a hacky puzzle game, but it's really enjoyable and it harkens back to like the it feels like the franticness of your Tetris 99 because it's you're being attacked while you're playing, but it also has kind of that therapeutic color matching of most puzzle games, I would say. You know, Puzzle Fighter, Lumen or Luminous, however you pronounce it. What there's another puzzle game that pops into my head I can't think of right now. But more recently I obviously the the Tetris games had a few re-releases or remakes, if you want to call them that, or re-envisioning of Tetris. So it's not quite as calming as Tetris, but it's a good frantic puzzle game. I would say it's well worth the eight bucks so far because I've been playing it before I go to bed every night on the Switch. Uh, but the game we're here to, to talk about briefly and I, I wanted to make sure we bring up is this Horizon Zero uh, or Forbidden West. Uh, Zero Dawn was the first game in the series, PS4 exclusive uh, until it was released on the PC. And this next one came out. It's Guerrilla Studios, who, was res- who were responsible for the Killzone series. And as we remember, the visual fidelity of Killzone is what I would say made the Killzone series very popular on the PS3 era. The PS2 game was, a, was terrible. And I will fight anyone that thinks otherwise. It was a terrible first-person shooter. It was just... Buttons were terrible. The, there was all this clipping in the game, for whatever it's worth. But... Anyhow, their last few games they released, uh, Killzone 2 and 3, were pretty decent first-person shooters. Horizon uh, Forbidden West has nothing to do with first-person shooters, but I believe it uses um, a uh, one of the engines they use. So the visual fidelity is probably one of the best games, if not the best game out right now. And its uh, draw distance is huge. You can run it in your performance mode at 60 FPS at 1080p locked in, or you can run it your 4K 30 frames per second locked, which, again, I still will argue, I don't know why you would run it 30 frames a second with a game like that, because it's all the combat's action-based. It's very quick. But it's uh, the way I would describe it is it's very similar to like a Monster Hunter with a more cohesive ser- uh, story, and the charm and polish of a Zelda game. If that helps 
you kind of think of what you're looking at when you see all these beautiful screen captures and you know it's a third person adventure game. I would say that if you enjoyed Breath of the Wild, uh, but you wanted a little more, but you also enjoy third person uh, combat driven games, this is right in that wheelhouse because there's weapon upgrades and the, the terrain is really variable. So you've got, you know, you've got your rain, sleet, snow. Uh, I mean, and the sound design is ridiculous. I, I mean, it's the whole game is a it's a system seller. My book, I was mentioning it before we started. It reminds me a lot of Ghost of Tsushima that it's uh, you look at it, you play it and you say this would move consoles like it's definitely a, a milestone for the PS5. And although I would say that it's not a big as a jump to this gen from last gen, it's still very remarkable, but it's not the jump you saw when you were jumping. You know, when we talk about games of old, if everyone remembers the jump from the 32-bit, or I'm sorry, the 16-bit era into 32 or 64-bit, which brought you from your Genesis Super Nintendo up to your uh, PlayStation Nintendo 64, that moving to polygon-style graphics was huge and and it, I mean, there was a lot of lot of visual tricks that you saw that kind of blew you away. This obviously is beautiful, but it doesn't. It's not any. I would argue that it's not any leaps forward that you'll say, "Oh my God, I I can't believe that this is a PS5 instead of PS4." But it's available on the PS4, and I'm sure it plays just as well. So um, if you have an opportunity to play it, I am only a few hours in at this point, but I think if the game holds up at a minimum if the pacing holds up because there's some pretty good story elements to it. it it actually keeps you engaged and even the minor characters are well animated which is great uh but it is a jarring because the people do look more human than i think any uh game has to date and there's been some real good ones as we all can probably recite games that have really good facial animations this one is damn good like yeah, you kind of question does look yeah quite good i've seen some pictures and it looks excellent it's i mean it looks they somehow captured the not only the muscle movements in the face but if you notice the eyes right like that's the first thing you always notice the eye movements are there and the expressions it's it's really cool i mean you can still tell that the industry is still getting used to you know using i would say like using these cut screens because a lot of the movements you know when i look at it i'm watching it i'm like well how is this different than a movie there's still elements that are a little different whether it's the costumes or you know the way they move their hands and things but it it does suck you in it's pretty cool um because if you walk in you almost think like is this person watching a movie but yeah and then the haptic feedback on it i mean it's awesome it really the whole game is just the whole package it's really great so i definitely recommend it for ps5 and pro tip not really pro because it's not hidden or anything but if you buy the PS4 version, you have a free upgrade to the PS5 version. So there is no reason anyone should buy the PS5 version if you're buying the standard one. Obviously, there's collector's editions and stuff. But if you're buying the base game, there's no reason to pay 10 bucks more for the PS5 version. There's zero. So just And that was because I think Sony made some statement that they had to stand by. I can't remember where it started. I, it's not a mess up on their part. I think they're just adhering to something that they public publicly announced before the game was released. So you can get it at the normal P- going PS4 game rate and play on your PS5. So, so. so question for you. The, 
original Horizon Zero Dawn has been on my backlog for a long time. A long, long mm-hmm. time. And I think that's because it was one of many open world games that were coming out yes. during that era. Yes. And I had it got lost. Yeah. I got pretty significant yeah. open world burnout for yep. quite some time and I just got sick of chasing icons on a map, essentially. So what is the open yep. world exploration like in this series or is it different in the new one? And is it chasing icons or is it a little bit more explorative in the sense that Breath of the Wild was. There were icons in Breath of the Wild, but it wasn't literally just uh, chasing icons on a map sim. Yeah, so I just got to the part where I finally cracked it open, where I can go anywhere. Um, The difference, I would say, it's more similar to Breath of the Wild in that when you... So some games, like I was playing, some open world games that I was playing recently to compare it to would be... Uh, this is a terrible example, but Saints Row the Third, I think, on the Switch, and I was playing some GTA recently as well, and then before that, I was playing Red Dead Redemption Two, which is a lot of that chasing icons, and it's it's long because you're riding the horse. Uh, so so far, what I've experienced is they have what I would consider like levels or like dungeon type areas, kind of similar to Zelda, where it's platforming. excuse me, platforming mixed into this open world exploration. So although you are chasing icons, at least at this point, I do have a, you can minimize your HUD and they do it in a way where it's similar to, again, I keep comparing it to Breath of the Wild, where it's not a screen full of HUD unless you do turn them all on, but you swipe with your touchpad and you can quickly see kind of a general direction and then you can kind of head there. And when you get there, it's its own world in itself. So you're not just going, uh, so far at least we'll see what it flushes out to be but so far it's been you do travel to those areas but it also enables fast travel on some parts so it is kind of it eliminates that just chasing around a map because the open world burnout i the game that comes to mind where there was a lot of that but it was fun to play was the infamous series and this game is similar in that because your modes of travel are these giant creatures which are kind of fun and then you have your fast travel and then while you're there your methods of combat are very different than other open world games i would argue it's similar to breath of the wild because you got your bow and arrow you got your melee and then you got all these fun traps and devices you can play with as well so the game switches you up enough where it's not i would say the the mother of all icon chasing open world games, I would argue, is probably Crackdown 3, or uh, the original Crackdown, I'm sorry, not 3, um, because you just ran in a general direction and it was very, you had a very limited number of moves, but it was still fun. Um, and you don't die of boredom. But yeah, I took a break from open world games for a little bit. So we'll see what it comes out with at the end. But it's. Um, it's definitely not hiding. I mean, there's similarities to all the open world games that you get burned out on, but I find it more engaging than Red Dead. Not the dungeon areas are more seamless than than Zelda, but it's similar to Breath of the Wild type dungeon areas where you go into a zone and you have its own platforming and puzzles to get through it. So very nice. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what it pans out. Red Dead Redemption is actually the first game that comes to mind for me too. Uh, yeah. When I think of chasing icons on a map. That game burned me out hard. I, I went real hard for a few weeks, and I was I fell asleep playing too much, and I put it <laughs> aside. So maybe I might pop it in again. I mean, it was fun, but I was dying on those long 
long walks across that world. This leads us into our next topic, which is the closure of the Nintendo eShop for Wii U and 3DS. So there's been a lot of pushback from the community for obvious reasons, as well as the voices of all the retro gamers and collectors saying, I told you so, buy physical. It'll never disappear if you buy physical. Here we are again uh, as they shut down. You know, as we as generations move forward, we're obviously going to see more of this, or maybe they'll come up with methods to preserve it for future consoles so you can continue to download your library. So being a, I, I'm going to say, I have a hard drive sitting here with a bunch of Wii U games on it. I don't access it often because a lot of those games have been ported to the Switch, so I end up playing them on the Switch. But uh, nonetheless, it, it pro, you know, half my console library is 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 out the window 3ds however i know i have a lot of games stored on there so uh personally it you know it kind of sucks i don't like thinking that there's games that are just taken out of my library i know once you download them you have them which is a solution to it but as we all know there's storage failures nothing is uh protected from you know being being destroyed over time as far as physical hard disks are concerned. I know 3DS doesn't have that, but I was thinking of the Wii U. I guess, I, no, you can do solid state memory for that, right? I guess you could mm, save it all in a That I'm not sure. Not sure. Sure. So, I mean, mine's a physical mechanical hard drive that I have it saved on, and I know those have a, a shelf life, but well, I don't know. What now, do, what do the you, thing yeah, is, what do you guys think? they said that after the closure, players can still download stuff they already own own re-own re-download stuff that they already own from the stores and dlc that they already own you just can't purchase anything um and i believe that's that's supposed to be in late march when they're going to be fully shutting them down but you can still download what you own use online play download software so everybody saw this huge headlight and and when i first saw the headline too it was oh you're gonna be losing so much but if you already own the stuff you're not going to be, at least from what I've seen, not be floating down the river just so, with. Well, for now, without your least. stuff. For now, at yeah. Least. yeah. Well, that's 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 where I was going with it. Is I was thinking if you, I mean, inevitably, I feel like they will cut the cord at some point. Uh, eventually, I mean, you see that with every yeah every type of uh, thing. There's going to be a, an eventual uh, cutting of the cord. Um, what about Steam? Well, you, you know? got Steam is a whole nother. I mean, if you look at it, it's all depending on what manufacturer you look at. It's its own yeah. monster. But I know also with this news, it was saying um, because there's a few deadlines in, with this that are before that March 2023 full shutdown. Um, I saw after May 23rd of this year, you can no longer add funds to your Nintendo account via credit card or whatever storage uh, payment option you have through the Wii U or 3DS. So you're not going to be able to add funds. Oh. Yeah, that I remember reading that uh, when that first came out. I just... I, and then, I don't, I'm very conflicted because yeah. I, as a you know collector enthusiast, I like having the physical media, but I also like the simplicity of throwing it all on a hard drive or a, or a medium you know, to store it all together, I think of, and this is obviously not the official way to do it, but 
For instance, my original Xbox and my PS2 collection are all on a physical hard drive, and I have them both imaged to a backup. So if that drive fails, I just swap it out. But again, they put a cap on that library of games. There's a finite number of games that I'll ever own for each one of those systems. And I like having that, you know, that compact storage, but it's because I've done it myself and I'm keeping the backup. But what do we do when, you know, with digital rights management was at what point in time are they going to say, well, you can no longer download it if you hold, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kind of force you into the next gen or... I mean, I would love to see them do what Xbox is doing with their original titles. They don't have all of them. I know it forces a lot of us to rebuy, but the cost is so fractional. Uh, I mean, I bought two. I bought both the Time Splitter titles, and they were a few dollars a piece. Which, again, at original point of purchase, they were like fifty bucks. But it's well worth just paying a few dollars to now have those on the Xbox Store. I can play it on my modern Xbox, and the physical media. I don't. Obviously, we keep them for you know our own purposes, but you don't need them going forward. So I know Nintendo's behind the ball, but I would love to see them. You know, okay, we're gonna remove this store. The Nintendo 3DS store is gone. And you can now download those in the Switch without the 3D functionality. But I, it would be great to see them migrate it to these new consoles at a fraction of the cost mm-hmm. as a consumer. But that's just a pipe dream. Well, you also have the same issue with Microsoft because I don't think I. Could be could be wrong, but I think they stopped doing the original Xbox games. Whatever is out there, that's what yes, they're going to be doing. They've they've cut the cut off what they're not going to be releasing any more games from the original system. Yeah, that's all. Those are the only ones they're going to support. I, there was a list at some point I meant to check, but the ones that were not supported. If I remember correctly, we're very few and far between. I I don't know if there are any big heavy hitters on there, but yeah, there are limitations there. Well, I know with them, I believe you just needed to the the developers needed to give them the okay to redo it or whatnot, yeah. re-release it. But the, the the thing that I'm curious with this, um, the this eShop shutdown and everything with the Wii U and 3DS. Um, when it goes down, you're not going to be able to use any uh, download game codes. So oh, I'm wondering if there's going to be people trying to trick people and scam people selling, say, oh, I got this code and they don't realize that they can no longer use it. And people are selling the codes on like I don't... any stores and whatnot. See, I don't know if there's enough people to fall for that, though, because I'm sure Wii that there'll U be is... some, but it's it's just something so that you're at a target and somebody comes by and they're like yeah. hey i got a wii u gift card here you got a wii u card yeah. gift card i mean although <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it's a good point though i mean it depends yeah. on how the branding was compared to like new branding i'm not yeah. sure a lot of people would fall for old gift cards but like if it's just a generic xbox logo or microsoft label e-shop yeah then then i can see the potential yeah. there I don't know. I, I think it impacts the the collectors. It definitely is. a Well, you got to look at this, though, too. If if you're one of those collectors, you're probably not buying digital anyways. So mm-hmm. it's probably not impacting you because the Wii. Yeah, I was just going to say, Steve, you're a perfect example. Any of those Wii U games, the ones that you want, you probably have a physical. Uh, and, the you know, there weren't any at least that come to mind that I can think of. Oh, no. Uh you know what game does come to mind on the Wii was the release of Duck Hunt, 
which was I scooped it up because it was the only way to play Duck Hunt on a modern TV officially is the Wii version, right? I vaguely no, I'm remember not sure. this one, but I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, so there, I guess there are some exclusives, but... Yeah, that's the big I thing just, is the exclusives yeah. because I know the 3DS has at least several that never came to physical media. They were only released on the store, people were talking about. I forget what the games were, but then you're going to have no longer access for those. In the scam now with like Limited Run and the other company is they're releasing physical copies, but the game doesn't even reside on it. They're giving you a download code, so it defeats the purpose of buying the physical version i just i i mean i don't i don't know i don't feel that any any of the major consoles have figured it out yet but if i were to pick one that's doing it somewhat right i would almost say microsoft is going down the right path because like i was bragging about a couple weeks ago so they have uh what is it xbox 360 one and now whatever you want to call this one so what is it three four generations so you can play games cross-generation multiplayer on two you know the original system and the current system and i can play time splitters as the example i was thinking of they're at least setting it up so i think for future iterations of xbox you can still play that full library if you want to or have the means to where nintendo is very fragmented sony's got some weird because i was just looking at what i still have set up like my PS4 titles, most of them I'll play on my PS5, so I shouldn't need to keep my PS4. But then my PS3 will play my PS1 games, but not my PS2 games. So that's the best quality yeah, that, PS1 the, games I can play. When you get into like that, it's, yeah. it's a huge cluster. I've never heard Especially of like, like you were saying with the PlayStation 3 being able to only play the PlayStation 1 games. It's like you've got to keep the different generations to be able to do all that that's, that's right right so, yeah ps1 will play on ps3 um, no so the original what, wasn't it early ps3 played ps1 and ps2 and that's the one i have and it plays both i've never heard but of I a can't do... ps3 that only played ps1 games that i could well be wrong, i know if you but... didn't have the fat version you couldn't play the ps2 stock is I that think, what it was wasn't it yeah i remember yeah, when they PS2. they brought out the the second one yeah. uh, the the newer, slimmer version, or yeah, whatnot, I, I thought you, it was. The you lost some backwards compatibility. Is that what it was? That's so long ago. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was a long time ago. No, it's all no, no, no. That that's right. The PS3, all of them can play PS1. It's the PS2 because of the chip that was used, and they couldn't emulate it, and they put the chip in the original fat PS3s, mm. and that's why I held on to my PS3 for so long until it crapped out a number of times. But there, I always thought that was really cool because then I replaced my PS2 and PS1. Or when PS2 came out, you could play the originals on the PS2, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the PS3 came out. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. I can play them all on here. And then that got shot to hell. So the PS2 library was the unicorn for me was how do I play that on a modern, you know, a modern TV? And I solved for it. But. I don't know, but I think PS4, I have to check. There are a couple titles you can't play on the PS5 still. But I didn't realize that. Most of yeah, them. I'm wondering yeah, if there's that's, only a few. That's similar to like how uh, Microsoft is with like uh the older games that they just needed to get the okay from the the developer to actually 
allow that. I'm wondering if that's the issue or yeah, or if it's something hardware limited I think, that I do not know. I think cross-gen playability and releases is a whole other topic. But uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I think we went down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> I, I think if, if they're not going to, like, as far as the bringing it back to, like, the 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 eShops and the or I keep saying eShops for Nintendo, but as far as offering those online, I just eventually I think they'll shut down. I just don't I think where I where the rub is for me is that they charge you the same amount that you do for physical as you do digital. Mm-hmm. And I think that they should offer a discount on digital, but they could they could do a trap where they'll say, well, it's subject, you know, at any time we can turn this off so you don't have access. I what's the cost for that? I mean, I would pay if games were say 25% less on the store. There's a lot of titles that I would buy on the store as opposed to physical, uh, just because of the cost difference. But yeah, fair enough. There's, there's another issue too, that I hear come up a lot around this topic. And that's that some games, even if you own the physical disc, you still need to be connected to the service the online service either through the console itself or even the game service to play it whatsoever so at that point you're just using a disc as your access key basically like the game is housed on it and that stinks i i hate when that happens i really really hate seeing that um i i still don't think that's the case for the majority of games and listeners can correct me on that but um, it's something else to consider. Yeah, I mean, you're no matter what service, you're always gonna hit that that concrete wall where, hey, we're we're X amount of generations in, we've got to cut this off so we can make way for the next iteration and whatnot. So you're always gonna hit those those walls at some point. But it just comes down to when is the best time to cross that bridge where you cut that service. I, I think all things considered. I would say to, to put a cap on my opinion with the eShops, I'm not losing losing any more hair than I don't have about them closing the Wii U and 3DS shops. Because the library, the physical media that I have of the 3DS is what I'll go back and play in it. It resides on the media, which is good. The Wii U, I have a lot. I mean, it, right now it's, it operates as a Wii machine for me to play old Wii games on. And, uh, and then my original Wii is used for my GameCube games uh, just because of the output. So, I mean, I'm not that torn up about the Wii U games that are on that physical drive. I mean, I hate to say it, but when that thing croaks, I'm just going to have to lose those titles because a lot of them I already have on the Switch or I have on other platforms. There's not a lot of exclusives that I'll lose sleep over that were kept from my eShop. So me personally, I'm not as impacted with that. I think the Wii U is the the bastard system <laughs> one of the bastard systems of nintendo unfortunately or fortunately i mean i don't think the switch would exist without it but i don't i think the only people that are outraged by this might be the purists uh to be totally honest because when you look at it objectively i don't think that it it'll it'll hurt the enthusiast gamer as much as people are led to believe i'm sure there are digital collectors out there too and i can see that being frustrating mm-hmm. for them um Hopefully they're backing everything up and taking all those precautions. Mm. But I feel similar to Justin in that this doesn't affect me too badly, not the Wii U and 3DS part, because I do physical anyways. I rarely buy digital. Only time I buy digital is in a couple of scenarios, like a sports game where 
it's going to lose value anyways. It just doesn't matter. Um, if I buy, you know, Madden XYZ digitally, physical copy will be worth five bucks or less, and there'll be a new one yeah. to play anyways. Those games I don't care about digital, and sometimes I'll end up in a situation where it's like, I, I really want to play this right now. I really don't feel like going to the store, you know. Okay, fine. Waiting for Amazon. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of thing. So, and I try to minimize that. So, this Wii U and... 3DS news doesn't impact me, but it does reinforce my behavior to continue to buy physical. Because I still think that the majority of games allow you to play at least most of the content available for that game just by having a copy. With me, I mean... What do you think, Paul? These, the Wii U, 3DS, it doesn't really affect me. I mean, I don't personally own a Wii U, I own a 3DS... Um, Justin and I can go on about the 3DS for ages and how he got me into it, but um, it. yeah, we should have a like, whole episode on the 3DS library. I love it. God, I love yeah. I love that me system. Too. I love it. So, so, so like ahead, me, Paul. I would I'm like Steve. Well, I used to be, especially with the older stuff. It was always even if they offered a digital, I always got the uh, the physical media. So, mm-hmm. it, especially with the 3DS. That was when I was still doing physical. Now with like the newer systems, I mean, the the digital is more of a convenience of not having to go out to the store, getting it right away. Um, yeah. And I mean, if you look at PC, most of the stuff now is all digital. Yeah. Where yeah. consoles are still doing for yeah, yeah. for a, a, for a quite some time. And yeah. and the thing is, even with like the PlayStation Four, the the PlayStation five the xbox three uh the xbox one the xbox series s you get that physical media you still need to pop the disc in to install it to your hard drive yeah it's like an actual computer where you yeah you used to go to the store buy a game that would i mean Mm -hmm. this is going way back it'd be on like six seven dvds and you had to put them in individually (laughs) but you're still installing the software to your device yeah so it's at, with those consoles and everything, for me, it's like, there, there's, yeah, the physical media is nice, but you're still installing it to that drive. You know, so you know, Paul, that I have a question for you. See, so I realize that. So when you put in the disc and it installs the game, I'm wondering, does that also require some sort of internet connection to a potentially downed uh, server or something at some point, like? Can it just install? Some games, like, I believe it. I believe it does, but I'm right. not sure how it affects so all of them. The old technology that was in the 360, and I know this because of a friend, we'll say, they had to try an authentication where it did bounce off a server, but it used a combination of data that existed on the physical media, along with data that existed on your uh, drive that was reading it mm-hmm. and the physical drive didn't have the variable but the disc did yes, well, it wasn't that a unique... with like the um, the xbox uh not the 360 the... the the xbox one too where you would install the stuff to the 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 di- the uh drive but you, in order to play it, you would still need to physically pop that disc into your oh, drive yeah no I, I mean, I was talking to the fact that, like, it could flag it as not authentic oh, okay. or it I wouldn't gotcha. 
going back to the server, not yeah. like locally. That I'm not sure. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they've gone as far as using like the equivalent of CD keys. But I, although now that I'm thinking about it, it's it's tied to your account. There's like some of that data, like when you put in your disk yeah. and it starts installing, is some of that data that you're downloading to your machine coming from a server that could be rather taken away local. rather than on the yeah. disk. With the mm -hmm. new consoles, that I'm not sure. I remember, I at least with PlayStation 4 and the, the original Xbox One, mm -hmm. if you wanted a game to install faster, you would literally disconnect your your uh, network connection. Oh, wow. And it would install faster. Because a lot of times, when oh, you're yeah. doing that initial install, it's also installing the day one update at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um, just unclear aspects of this whole debate and i wonder how much of that is by design that they, they don't want you to know you know how yeah. easy it would be for you to lose your games but uh it's helpful to talk about this and maybe some viewers mm. have some other input it's fun yeah i was like we should now i'm gonna go look into where the hacking scene has been in modern consoles because that's usually where you find out where the authentication is taking place yeah so. they're usually i mean the first that, scene. that scene <laughs> The, yeah. the original Xbox so, with modding the original Xboxes and stuff like that. That's... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's fun stuff. The, which, again, is another episode in itself. But so as a nice segue, as we're looking towards the future, right, we'll look towards the future of recent releases. And there's, there's two releases I'm going to mention at the tail end of this list that we can stop on for a moment. I know we're, we're fast approaching our time limit here. Got a couple of, couple of releases here. You guys cut me off. I have a couple things to say on each one of these, or not each one, but a couple of them on the way down. So uh, Destiny 2, Witch Queen, we mentioned that last week. That's coming out, uh, or just came out. So if you're a Destiny 2 player, you got some more content for you. I have not jumped in there in a while, uh, but I did enjoy that game. Uh, the Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster, which I was looking at this in the Steam store recently. There are reviews for the other Final Fantasies. They remastered the pixel art for those uh, first six original Final Fantasy games. I'm interested. I think the price point's a little high. I don't know all that was updated in them yet, uh, but I think it was sitting at like a $20 or $25 price point in Steam when I checked yesterday. But uh, that's on PC, iOS, and Android. I'd like to see a nice package on the Switch with those, but that's just me. <laughs> Uh, we've got Martha is Dead, which was actually getting some headlines due to some explicit content in some other countries. That is available on PC, both the Playstations, uh, and your Xbox Series X and S. That comes out on the 24th. And then Ghost on the Shore coming to PC on February 24th. I know nothing about this one. Tormented Souls coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Uh, February 25th for your Xbox, PlayStation, April 14th for your Switch. We've got Given Beyond the Trees. It's an Apple Arcade title. Interesting. I, I'm not an Apple Arcade subscriber, but there's a title slipped in there. Uh, Adler Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mystery, Mysterious Dream, PC, PS4, Switch, February 25th. We've got Racing Title, Grid Legends. Grid has diversified itself immensely. It's hard to keep track of which ones they have. There is a trial timed demo available on the Xbox. That comes out on PC, both the PlayStations and obviously the Xbox. But if you have Xbox 
lot. I think if you have an Xbox Game Pass, you yeah, can do because the trial. I know you can actually yeah. try it now even on um, the PC Xbox Game Pass. Because I think oh, it's, okay. I think it's through EA Play. Cool. The oh, because it's an okay. EA title, so mm. uh, I think you can download it uh, now or. I love I love those trial demos. By the way, uh, I was gonna say that they did that for a couple of EA titles. Definitely recommend that. Another reason to have Xbox Game Pass. Uh, Leap Steam Early Access PC that's coming in February, and then the two big releases that are worth mentioning because they're super hot right now. Uh, we got Elden Ring, which I did not realize is from software. I don't know why. I saw uh, uh, the author of Game of Thrones. I'm uh, Martin. Or I, I know I'm, I'll get so George much flack for this. Yeah. George R. R. Martin <laughs> wrote the story, and I thought it was an open world RPG, not realizing that it's a Souls game. So uh, I'm very excited about this one. The reviews are giving it a perfect score wow. on the major review outlets. I am very skeptical. I'm going to. Yeah, IGN gave it a 10. IGN, IGN gave it a 10. And somebody else. I know IGN's kind of hot garbage, but they, regardless, it's making headlines. Uh, I mean, I think back to like when they gave Bioshock Infinite a perfect. That's another story. But, uh, <laughs> but anyhow, if you're jonesing for some uh, Dark Souls, I have committed to beating Demon Souls before I play this game because Demon Souls on the PS5 looks and plays wonderfully and i would like to finish that before i jump into another same one boat, i same think boat here yeah and so i'm i mean i'm gonna put this one on the shelf we probably won't talk about this for a while but if you're into that genre i think this is i mean this is a rarity these games don't come out often but when they do they're big hits now so we'll with see. elden ring or is it like continuing the story like you should play no. the other or it's just no, its no, own no, no, no. It's its own. So it's, it's not like you yeah. should play it's the other ones It's basically an MMO first. with Dark Souls okay. uh, combat, and right, essentially. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, they even have the same met. The HUD looks the same. Yeah. It's like if you flushed out a full. St- and I know people get mad at this too, but I've played the Souls games, dabbling of them, uh, Demon Souls, and then uh, Bloodborne's the only one I actually beat, which is I love Bloodborne. But uh, the story elements are kind of mysterious and kind of a backseat to the gameplay. But I think this game is putting a big emphasis on story and side quests. And And that one actually doesn't have icons on the menu or any direction. So this is this one's going to this one would be a big time suck, I think. But it would be enjoyable. It sounds like it because and they're also calling it an action RPG or an ARPG. But it's it's not really right. It's not a Diablo clone or a Path of Exile type of game. No, because the gear the gear was never I mean, you did upgrade gear. Don't get me wrong, but it was not a loot um, uh, loot type of none of the Souls games have been loot games. And the review I was watching earlier today didn't sell it as such. It was basically like this is a huge scale demon souls dark souls type that's that, that type was my game. understanding too got it and it had the open world element which again they removed all those modern amenities amenities that we're used to with the hud and where to go so it's interesting to see uh i like games like this that are big budget uh very unique so we'll see uh we'll see what other reviews come out i'm sure there'll be a lot of people complaining and then the other big item that we were talking about before we get on here tonight was the Steam Deck launch. They're starting to ship units on the 25th. So for those of you that don't know, that is the handheld Steam 
solution is the best way to describe it. And Steve, you have a pre-order. Paul, you do as well? I, I no longer do. Okay. I do not either, but uh, I was going to say, Steve, you're very excited, and we expect a full breakdown when you get that. Yeah, right? it sounds like I want uh, top after to bottom. Q2 2022 for me, for when that's delivered. Mm. And I am, and Lost Ark has made me more interested in this thing, so... I, I will let nice. everybody know. We'll see. I'm skeptical, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm a sucker it, for with new definitely things. Some, with definitely some games, it's going to be difficult, especially like Lost Ark. you got a lot of controls with that and everything. So yeah. get, getting trying, all that con- in. Does it have controller support, the I'm, Lost Ark I today? I would assume so. Yeah, at least partial. Because yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm curious. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure extremely skeptical of the Steam menu. menu. There's a controller menu oh. like, to change oh, your button okay. layout and stuff. So it definitely is. And yeah, it, that game has the potential to be a lot of fun on uh, on handheld or on your TV with a controller. Steve will soon be playing it on his uh, work breaks. I told you, call 911. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm on this island called Lost Ark. That will do it for this week as we wrap up. Thanks for tuning in, those of you that are watching us live, and thanks for listening if you have. We should be appearing on most platforms now that our stream is up and going. But again, if you would like to harass us while we're recording, we generally record on Tuesday nights. This one's an exception. Uh, Anywhere between 8 p.m. Central Time, we'll probably run into the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, So Steve and Paul will both be streaming on Twitch. Uh, you can find those guys on Steve the Ripper, all one word, or Boasty PB, all one word as well. And you can also find those in the show notes. So if you're listening, you should be able to click on those. And again, um, doctorsofgaming.com for all of your blogs, reviews, and for all of you gamers that are doctors out there that try to balance the time between your profession, personal life, of finding time to game. Not only impressive, but uh, people like me that work in the IT world, they tends to blur a little bit with the gaming and, and personal life because a lot of the video game like software, uh, there's a lot of similarities in the software development world. So we, uh, I think it's easier for us to transition into gaming than it is to move from the medical profession. But, but thanks for tuning in. Thanks, thanks guys. Have a good one.